Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. All right, everybody, welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Captain Colton Hester. What's up, man? How's it going? It's going good, man. Just another day in paradise down here in South Florida. I like it. So you're quite the fisherman. I do. I, I get out a lot. Um, I'm blessed. I, I get to go fishing a lot. So that's your main uh, your main go-to on the ocean or any body of water just fishing? Yeah, any body of water. Uh, down here, normally in the spring, winter time, uh, we do a lot of freshwater fishing just because the ocean gets a little nasty. Uh, you know, summer, fall, we do a lot of offshore fishing, a lot of ocean fishing. So you're you're in Florida. That's right. And uh, whereabouts? Down here in on the East Coast, down south out of Fort Pierce, Florida. Sweet. Uh, yeah, right in between Miami and Orlando. So you do a lot of king, you fish for kingfish a lot, yeah? Yep, a lot of kingfish, a lot of tournaments. How is that in Florida? Is it pretty amazing? It's pretty amazing. There's uh, two trails. There's the Southern Kingfish Association as well as the Angler Armory Kingfish Tournaments, and then a lot of charter fishing uh, guests love to catch kingfish. Sweet. And so do you actually have your own charter, or how, how does that work? I do. Sauna Girl Fishing Charters Incorporated is okay. my own charter business. Sweet. How long have you been doing that? Um, I've been doing that since I was 18, so we're looking at six years now. Wow, that's amazing. Well, how did you get into that? Were you just like, Super into fishing and then frothed out and got a boat or? Yeah, so I was super into fishing from the time, I mean, from I can remember. And I had a couple jobs working as a mate on some sport fish boats and doing some charter fishing. And I kind of just came to the point that I decided I was going to do this on my own. And I looked into it and I had to be 18 to get a captain's license. So I worked and went to school soon as I turned 18, I was in class, got my captain's license. Um, actually, my, my family was behind me and, and helped me get started. And I got a boat and I started guiding. And, and that's pretty that's much. Epic. I love that. Was your family growing up into fishing as well? So my dad was super into fishing. He introduced me to the ocean and uh, offshore fishing out of Fort Pierce. He was pretty successful. Uh, throughout his life, he fished a lot of tournaments and took me with him a lot and and taught me a lot. And then outside of that, what I learned working on boats, it was kind of like the perfect storm. It's almost what I was meant to do. Yeah, that's rad, dude. How how often are you on a boat? Are you on a boat like pretty much every day? Yeah, I'd say probably five days a week I'm on a boat. Really? You're putting in some hours. I've put in a lot of hours and I love it. There's there's nothing else I'd rather be doing and and sharing my knowledge and love for fishing with others, especially people who don't get to be on a boat a lot is something I love, especially kids and things like that, because I can see myself when I was younger and them watching them catch these fish is it's it's what it's all about. Absolutely. How long uh, was the schooling for your captain's license? So I would say realistically your schooling is everything you learn as you go along in the boating industry but yeah. to get my captain's license it was th uh six days total 10 hours a day so that's 60 hours and then you had to take your exam to pass to get 
the credentials to be able to apply through the Coast Guard to get your license. That's so gnarly. That's pretty rad though. I love that. So did you did you get a boat when you were 18 or did you have a boat before that? So actually, when I was 12, um, my dad found a 13-foot Boston Whaler, 1968, that we bought for $200 and redid together. Uh, nope, we redid it together. It had a 55 Johnson on it, and he worked a 7 to 5 job. So at 6.15 in the morning, in the summer when I wasn't in school, he would drop me off at the boat ramp. I would fish all day with a buddy and he would pick me up when he got off work. So like 5.30, 5.45, he'd pick me up at the boat ramp. And I'll bet you I fished every day of the summer. I mean, from the time I was 13 to you know 16 when I got a driver's license. And I just moved up from there. I, I went and I got a 18 foot flats boat and did the same thing fishing. I moved up to a 22 foot bay boat. And then eventually led me into uh, the offshore boat and doing the offshore game, which I had a 25 foot center console. And I've just all I do is fish and I work my way up and and I've gotten to where I am now. That is so rad. So you're you, everything that you did when you were younger as a Grom literally led you to your career right now of being a captain. A hundred percent. This is, is what so I've sick. decided I was going to do from the time I, I it, you know, some kids want to be an astronaut. Some kids want to be a firefighter. If in elementary school, if they made you write down what you wanted to be, I wanted to be a fisherman. I love that. That is so sick. So, so with your chartering, you guys are going after kingfish a lot. You said that's right. What, um, is there like a certain time of the year that the kingfish are biting the best and Give me the rundown on kingfishing, like what kind of rods and reel combos you guys use and the whole nine yards. All right. So kingfishing in Florida, luckily we have nice weather all year. I mean, we don't get too cold or anything like that where you can't fish. Besides the wind blowing, uh, you can catch kingfish year round. Summertime oh, nice. is a, a really great time to go after kingfish because they, they kind of run through and the commercial fishermen are doing well. Um, but honestly, this time of year with the winter kind of spring is when the bigger fish really run through for us. So we use a lot of live bait. Uh, we use live goggle eyes, live blue runners, uh, white bait such as pilchards or greenies, sardines. And honestly, the rod and reel combo is one of the most important things when, when you're going to kingfish because you're using trouble hooks and a, uh, a lead hook. So you're only using, you know, a small lead hook to put through the bait's nose and a treble hook in the bait's back. So if you have too heavy of a rod, you'll actually pull the hooks out of the fish. So I like to use a Crowder Rods 12 to 25 pound class. It's their E-series rod. If you look at uh, Crowder.com, it's it's E-series rod, 12 to 25 pound class. And I'm a big Shimano uh, reel connoisseur i would say they're smooth their drags are good i use a talica 16 two speed for my tournament setups and then on a more cost effective uh route i use a Speedmaster. and the new Speedmasters are same thing 16 two speeds and that's what i'll use for my for my setups they're fast retrieve that way you can catch up to these fish because they they swim super fast i mean it's not uncommon for a kingfish to take a hundred yards of line when they hit they wow. absolutely 
will ride out when they how, how big are those kingfish getting um so a tournament winning fish could be anywhere from 45 to 65 pounds oh my goodness i did not know they got that big the average fish you catch is probably you know 10 to 25 pounds i would say wow that's insane so you're using live bait the whole time that's right slow trolling live bait um i have a twin engine boat so that would be like one motor in gear and one yep. motor out of gear, which is like, you know, one to three miles an hour, depending on the current. And where are you usually finding these kingfish? Are they in, you're saying uh, offshore or are they in the mangroves too? No, they're, they're all offshore. So they're going to be anywhere from, you could catch them in eye shot of the beach. Like if someone had an umbrella, you could tell what color umbrella that was. Sometimes they're in 15 to 30 foot of water off the beach. Wow. And sometimes they're five to seven miles out, um, mainly on artificial reefs and wrecks. So anyone could get a, let's say, a map from a tackle store that said artificial reefs on it with uh, coordinates. And you could go catch a kingfish off that reef. So it's not so much you have to have a certain spot or something secret. You know, this is something somebody in a 22-foot boat or a 42-foot boat could go do. Do you, uh, can you keep kingfish to eat? Yes, you can. So um, where I'm at, a keeper is 24 inches long to the fork. And the best kingfish, in my opinion, are something from that like 28-inch to 20-pound range of a fish. And they're best eating fresh. You don't want to freeze kingfish, but you can eat them fresh, either fried or baked. So when you catch those fish, are you guys using gaffs to pull them in when they're that big or using nets? Uh, we're using gaffs, pretty much gaffs all the time because you have a trouble hook and you also have really sharp teeth on a kingfish. So if you put okay. them in a net, uh, it really just makes a mess. So we're always using a gaff, preferably eight foot. Uh, minimum and i like a 10 foot gaff because these fish will almost turn themselves in the current to pull them away from the boat and like i said your rod is so important and everything that you'll pull the hooks out if you pull too hard so you want to be able to reach out and, and gaff those fish when they come up so those things are pretty strong then huh they're they're pretty strong i would say you know a fight on a good Large kingfish doing it the right way could be anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes, just depending on the current and the seas that you're fighting them in. Wow. Have you ever had any, or you probably lost a good amount of fish too, obviously, everybody does, but are there any that like you look back on and you're like, wow, that thing could have been massive? So I'll tell a quick story. We're, we have to deal with sharks in my area pretty yeah. often. Uh, sharks love to eat our kingfish. So I was in a tournament. Um, back when I, I first kind of really started tournament king fishing and I happened to be in two tournaments at one time, paid two entry fees and the winning fish was worth about $55,000 at that point. Calcutta's oh my goodness. And I hooked him on the beach in the last 45 minutes of the day and I didn't have a long run back. So I was trying to take my time and I was running the boat and I had my angler fighting the fish and we had the fish about five feet from the gaff. And I want to say this fish was anywhere from 50 to 60 pounds because my angler is, is fighting the fish and the guy on the gaff, he goes to, to gaff this fish and a bull shark comes up and eats him. Dude, 
And in a tournament, you're not allowed to weigh a fish that's mangled, like eaten by a, a shark at all, any bite out of it at all. Anyways, we get the head and probably, I don't know, eight inches of the body back behind his pectoral fins. Just the head weighed 31 pounds. Oh my goodness. The winning kingfish of this tournament was 28. So if we could have just weighed the head and a little bit of the body, we'd have won the tournament. And that's oh one that I'll never forget. So how much did you say? You could have gotten 50 grand? $55,000 for that fish. And a bull the- shark ate it five foot from the gaff. So how often are you doing those tournaments? So the tournaments run, uh, they... I would say from January to uh, I'd say about August is the main tournament season for those kingfish. Uh, We travel. I travel from Key West, Florida to Jacksonville, Florida uh, to chase them. And then a lot of times the national championship will be in Biloxi, Mississippi. So we put some miles on. That's insane. You're towing your boat the whole time. That's right. Towing a 32 foot contender the whole time. Wow. That's so gnarly. That's pretty sick, though. Do you, uh, do you like doing tournaments? Is that like one of your more favorite things to do? I'd say it's probably my favorite thing to do. The competition, the camaraderie, uh, it's, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever tried to do. I love guiding. I love taking people fishing, but my days off, I'm, I'm literally tournament fishing on my days off that I'm not guiding. I'm tournament fishing. So is king fishing like a big thing on the East coast. I really don't know much about kingfish at all. So. Right. Uh, it's, it's a really big thing. So commercial fishing for kingfish is, is actually, uh, ginormous. I would say because the price of kingfish can range anywhere from $2 to $5 a pound. And sometimes these guys are catching a thousand pounds a day. So they're, they're making $5,000, um, a day kingfishing. Uh, it, it's, it's a very big industry and a lot of charter fishing and, and tournament fishing, you know, there might be 250 boats in some of these tournaments and, and all these guys have, yeah. you know, 150,000 to $500,000 boats. So you can just imagine the, the kind of money that brings to a city, uh, when they, when they host these tournaments. How far offshore, uh, can you guys catch kingfish? Where I'm at about 10 miles. It is is about maxed out, maxed out. But see, the way the east coast of Florida is in Jacksonville, you might go 30 or 40 miles. Yeah. And in Key West, we run 80 miles. And if you go an hour south of me in West Palm Beach, you only have to go two or three miles. So it just so depends they, where the depth range is. Are they in reefs? They're mostly in reefs. And like I said, art, artificial, uh, artificial reefs or. Uh, in Fort Pierce, 80 foot of water for us is 10 miles. Mm-hmm. And that's a, you know, that's a reef that runs, uh, North and South. So that's about our max is 10 miles. But like I said, I'll catch them 300 yards off the beach. That is so crazy. So do you, do you personally, do you keep a lot of kingfish to eat at home? A lot of the times my guide trip will, you know, my charter will take them home. Um, yeah. If I catch a couple of those smaller, like I said, 28 to, you know, 28 inches to 15, 20 pound fish, I will. Uh, yeah. I will eat them a lot of times. Uh, they kind of get a bad rap uh, as far as eating them. If you look at blogs or you look at Google, but if you're eating a kingfish fresh, it's to me just as good as, as any other fish. You have any good recipes? 
I do. So um, I like to do a, a casserole, almost like a lasagna with yellow rice and rotel and mozzarella cheese. And I layer that. I layer that just like a lasagna and I put it in the oven at 350 degrees and I bake it for an hour. And I'll tell you what, you take a kingfish filet, you put it in that rotel, some mozzarella, a little bit of yellow rice, and it's off the chain. That sounds so good right now. I'm starving. <laughs> what? Uh, when's your next tournament? So right now, um, I also do a lot of uh, freshwater tournaments as okay. well as as well as the ocean. So for me right now, the next tournament's probably going to be around May. Got it. Just just because I kind of got my irons in the fire and a lot of other things right now, but. We're lo- we're looking at May, uh, June, July, August. We're going to be pretty slam packed. Uh, I think the next eight weeks, you know, I'm pretty much fishing six days a week. You're getting after it. So I love we're, it. We're getting after so, it. So, do you have separate boats for uh, your offshore fishing compared to like your freshwater and stuff? Yep. So I have a 21 foot Skeeter bass boat that I do some freshwater stuff out of. I have a 22-foot bay boat, a Triton, that I do my near shore and kind of inshore stuff. And then I run a 32-foot contender for my offshore king fishing, mahi, all that kind of stuff. So for your um, charter business, are you only using the big boat? I use all three. Um, I charter. I charter. If you want to go fishing in South Florida and you call me, we can go do it. Whatever kind of fishing you want to do. Fresh water, salt water, anything, huh? That's right. Anything. That's right. I like that. What other kind of fish are you going after besides so, kingfish? So a lot of times we do some, you know, sailfish, some wahoo, okay. some mahi-mahi. And also I do a lot of bottom fishing for mm-hmm. mangrove, mutton snapper, um, some things like that. Some grouper, some amberjack, but a lot of times mutton snapper, mangrove snapper, kingfish, mahi-mahi, and wahoo with the occasional sailfish is what you would expect uh, going out with me in the ocean. When is like the best time to go fishing in Florida? The summer, because the yeah. weather, the, the seas are calm, the weather's hot, and the ocean is, is beautiful. Our water's clean, and... It's unbelievable in the summertime what you can catch out there on any given day. That's that's what I love about it. Every time that rod goes off, you never know what's on the other end. How frequently are you guys getting wahoo and sailfish? So sailfish are pretty frequent. Um, Stewart, Florida, which is 20 minutes south of me, is actually the sailfish capital of the world. So wow. they say in the United States, um, we, we catch we catch sailfish frequently now. The cool thing about where I'm at is your sailfish are very big in the summer when I like fishing. They're resident sailfish, and they can range from 60 to 80 pounds. Jeez. Wahoo are are a little little more harder to find, but we have good fish. We have, you know, 30 to 60-pound fish. Are there a lot of people near you that jet ski fish? So I wouldn't say a lot. Um, There are a few you'll see here and there. Um, and I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly sure why we do have, uh, maybe cause it's 10 miles to kind of get out to the good fishing grounds is why they don't yeah. jet ski fish as much. Dang. That sounds so fun, dude. Like warm water, clear skies, beautiful glassy ocean. I want to go fish. 
The water temperature is 75 degrees. If you want to jump in and take a dip for a little bit and cool down, it's it's perfect. I'm telling you, it's paradise on earth. It really is. How uh, How warm does it stay consistently throughout the year, the water? So we're pretty close to the Gulf Stream. So yeah. the water consistently stays from 73 to 80 degrees. Are you kidding that warm? Yeah. And, and that doesn't affect the fishing at all, does it? No. So uh, we get what's called a thermocline, which is mm-hmm. where uh, cold water comes in on the bottom and warm water is on the top. So if you dive, let's say, um, in 80 foot of water, once you get 30 foot down, the water could be 50 degrees. Yeah. But the surface temperature from the Gulf Stream and that current pushing it always stays between that like 73 and, and 80 degrees. So are the fish on the top top uh, 30 feet usually? That's right. So the fish, the fish come up, they get out of that cold water, and it honestly makes them a little easier to target because I know if I put a, a downrigger with, uh, and I'm putting a bait down deep, I know I can be 30 feet on one side of the boat, 15 feet on the other side of the boat, and I'm right in the zone for the fish. With kingfish, can you use artificial too, or is it mostly live bait? So you can use uh, Rapala, make some good crankbaits. Uh, some deep diving crankbaits that go down about 25 feet. You can also pull a spoon and they work as well. Nice. Is that like what is live bait though? Is live bait the biggest thing to use though for kingfish? 100%. Well, if you want to catch solid quality fish in numbers, live bait is the best on a recreational standpoint. The guys commercially will use a lot of artificial baits because they can cover a lot of water and find a school of fish and then begin to work on them. And it's just easier with one guy in a boat doing it commercially to use the artificial bait because you don't have to rebate your live bait all the time. And yeah, it's a lot less work. Are you pretty much catching kingfish every single time you go out? Um, I would say 95% of the trip we, we can catch wow. a kingfish. Uh, the only That's time amazing. if we get some, uh, so actually what's interesting is a lot of times you hear clean water is a very good thing, uh, mm-hmm. for fishing. Kingfish are kind of opposite. When we get really, really gin clear water where you might be able to see down 50 foot, it makes the kingfishing very tough Really, be- because it pushes the fish offshore. They like a little bit of a stained water. Uh, we call it kingfish green, which is a green tint to the water where it's kind of murky because they're a real predator that swims fast and eats their bait from the bottom up. So if they can if they can come at their bait without the bait seeing them, that's where they're going to be feeding. And then using live bait, too, when it's murky and gross out, they can see that so easy. They can Smell sense the, the live bait, the whatever kind of... Uh, vibration that live bait gives off when it gets nervous when the kingfish is around they they cannot help themselves i mean kingfish will hit a bait and jump eight to ten feet out of the water and we call that skying when they hit a bait and you'll see it you'll be watching the bait behind the boat and all of a sudden a kingfish will come flying out of the water 10 feet in the air with your bait in its mouth that's so sick i love that i want to go fish kingfish so bad you're getting (laughs) me all psyched to go fish Amazing. So is your is your charter is that running year round? 
it, it does run year round. Like I said, with our weather, um, the summertime is is the busiest time of year because we can get out uh, most days during the month. So, for example, in February, you know, we would probably only be able to get out four or five days a month because of just the seas and the weather. But in the summer, I can fish anywhere from 28 to 30 days a month. Jeez, you're busy. So how, how many guys do you have like decanting for you and, and doing that? So actually, our Salt Life uh, girl, Alex Vandegrift, she works with me as my deckhand. And she oh, is- no way. She is awesome. She is That's absolutely rad. fantastic. And I would put her up against any guy out there. She can run a cockpit just as good as anybody else. So she she works with me and she's pretty much the only one that works with me. Um, I try to keep it simple w- with my stuff and and uh, I don't I don't use really anybody else, but it's either me, myself or myself and Alex. I love that. That's rad. The salt, the salt life fam is everywhere. It is. It so is everywhere. Good. Everywhere I go, there's Salt Life fam. Rad, dude. Hey, Colton, do you have any, uh, do you have Instagram or anything like that? Social media? I do. You can find me on Instagram at Colton Hester Fishing and also on Facebook as Colton Hester. And you can't miss me. I'm probably the only one posting fishing pictures every day. <laughs> I love that. And then your charter business, how, how can we uh, sign up to go fish with you? So if you go on to um, Salt Life's website, you can find me in the Charter Captain Directory under Sonic okay. Girl Fishing Charters, Colton Hester. Um, my phone number's there. You can call me at any time. Instagram, if you reach out with a DM, Facebook with an instant message, or my cell, which is 772-293-5342. Give me a call and we'll get you out there. How much time in advance do we need to... Uh one of your charters i'm about two or three months out right now okay dang dude you are busy i i'm busy and that's partially me because like i said i i fish all phases freshwater saltwater inshore offshore so i i stay pretty busy but i wouldn't have it any other way this is the only the only thing i know is going fishing so that's what i do how's the weather there right now is it pretty nice you know, actually, it's been a little chilly. It was 39 yesterday morning, and what? It's, it's 42 this morning, but it looks like wow. we're going to get a little bit of a, a warming trend for a couple days. This time of year, we get a lot of fronts. Uh, it'll be cold for a day or two days, and it'll be hot for three days, and then cold again. So that's what brings that wind. All those those cold fronts come down from the north and makes the wind blow. Got to actually wear a jacket for once. <laughs> well, yeah, you say a jacket. I'm wearing about four layers down here. You see, you know, I, on this podcast, I still got two layers on from this morning. I've been cold all day. Hey, at least you're not having to run your AC all day long. <laughs> no, we don't have to do that. I don't even think we that have sucks. heat down so here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny, dude. We, yeah, it's funny here in California. I throw the heater on all the time. It gets cold sometimes around here. Yeah, but it's always winter. 75, right? I mean, it's always nice. It can be. Can be. Yeah, it, we've we've got it pretty good here. But you guys Florida have any humidity there? Um, not anything like you guys. It that's, gets humid where you're at. See, that's that's the thing I'm missing when I go on vacation or something to the mountains and, you know, no humidity. I'm I'm jealous, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. Well, hey Colton, thanks so much for coming on. 
yeah, man, thank you for having me. It, it's been great. Look forward to doing it again. I know, man. And uh, when I'm when I'm in Florida next, I'm coming fishing with you. I, I really need to get back to the East Coast, dude. I've been talking to so many people on here doing podcasts, and it's just frothing me out to come back to the East Coast. Well, you got my number. You give me a call anytime. We'll get you out there. Absolutely. All right, man. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening in to today's podcast with Salt Life. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.